Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Mental Wellness Mondays, a podcast by Two Broke Twimbos, uh, together with uh, the good people at Wired to Love and Thrive, represented here by Dr. Nyarai. Uh, together, we try and decipher this uh, communicating thing called, uh, this confusing thing. <laughs> Listen to me saying communi- confusing thing, through yes. communication. Uh-huh. <laughs> Big brain time. Uh, this the confusing thing called mental health and mental wellness. Uh, we like to take a look at all kinds of manners of things that affect our mental wellness. And we invite different professionals uh, in different fields to help us uh, delve deeper into this topic. So uh, today, as usual, we got Dr. Nyarai. Thank you for being here, Dr. Nyarai. Hi, Dan. How are you? Happy to be here. Good, good. You may hear that Phil is absent. So uh, it's just an experiment. We're trying to see if we can make the podcast better. Uh, no, I'm joking. Shame. <laughs> Phil is not feeling too well today, so uh, it's no problem. We will be able to handle it without him. And uh, today, as our guest, we have uh, a gentleman by the name of Makosi Mashangu. Uh, I want to I want to give you the bio as it was given to me because I thought it was written very nicely. It's very punchy. Makosi Mashlangu is the future of traditional African foods, a foodie, a chef, a farmer, an academic, and a pansula for life. Hey, Makosi, doesn't pansula mean gangster? Uh, actually, uh, Pansula is someone who's gone through everything, like the, mm. the school of life. So, oh. yeah. Hard knock life. So, you see. Hard knock. Yeah, he's, he's been knock around. Knock. He's yeah. been around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, starving at university. Uh, all sort of things. Waitering. Uh, just everything you could think of. So it's, it's, nice. it's almost like a blockbuster when you, you actually look at it. Just to think of all the things that I've done. So that's, that's the pansula. Ah, I'm gonna nice start, one, my man. I'm, we're going to start to use that word as well. I'm a pansula. Yeah, <laughs> <I can guess. laughs> so, of thank you for joining us in your bio here. It uh, speaks about your very strong focus towards traditional African foods. And uh, just before you joined us, Dr. Nyarai and I were chatting about how that should be very interesting for us to delve into. Uh, not only are we interested in mental wellness, but Phil and myself, Phil is, is not here, unfortunately. We are very, we're very passionate about um, not letting our Africanness die out, you know, yeah. which is interesting for us because, you know, we, we may not seem like the most traditional people, but deep down we are, for real, for real. <laughs> So, um, so it should be a great conversation. And of course, we're hoping that our listeners can get some practical help in terms of, uh, things that can help with their own mental wellness. So maybe we could just start off Makosi, if you don't mind, if you don't mind me calling you Makosi, um, if you don't mind just giving us a little bit of a, a background as to how and why you got into traditional African foods and how that in itself is, why is that a job for you and why are you interested in that? Okay, um, I'll just talk about my food experiences. Uh, well, first of all, I've got the academic side, and then I've mm-hmm. got the, the life side. Um, so the academic side, I'll start with the academic side. Um, I started, I started um, a BSc in food science at the University mm-hmm. of Zimbabwe, and then I started a, a BSc in animal science at Lubana University, and then I did a master's in animal science at um, in South Africa, uh, University of Forte. Then from there, I went and did a master's in food science uh, in Italy. And then currently, I'm doing a PhD in Cape Town. 
So that's that's the academic side. And then when we go to the practical side, um, I always think about my grandmother. When uh, both my paternal and my maternal grandmothers, they, they played a significant role in, in, in developing the food uh, aspect in me. You see what happens when we grow up. Um, we, we, we tend to see what we see on from the TV. Uh, you, uh, I grew up in an era where there was uh, WrestleMania. So everything that was there, we consumed. And mm-hmm. uh, that brought us up. And um, who was your favorite? Who was your favorite? Hal uh, Hogan. Hey, Tessie, Zimbabwe. Hal Hogan yeah. had a grip on Zimbabwe. I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know. Yeah. How, but yes, yeah, sorry. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 if if you uh, understand the food revolution at, uh, during that part, uh, that's when television was like a big thing, and we had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And then you realize that even at school, uh, the mm. food we started consuming, uh, they would sell us the ice cream. They reported ice cream with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We had uh, everything which had wrestling. So our diet started to change. And then we moved into a sugar-based, uh, we moved into sugar-based diets. We, we started watching a, a lot of uh, television, a lot of basketball. And uh, were gripped by the hamburger and chips, and we just went through that transition until I got to to Italy. So in Italy, I stayed in um, a place called uh, Pizarro with the nuns. So mm-hmm. when I was there, I used to visit my daughter there. So when I was there, I started realizing something that Italian food is basic and it, it it sort of took me back in time to a time when we 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 used to have when the rainy season came and then we had so much natural food and then um, after that um, I started appreciating the food uh, what we had uh, during our childhood I realized that the best dishes don't need to be deep fried they don't need so many spices. And then I thought about uh, our natural food. So when I came back, uh, I think in 2017, uh, we started the African Food Revolution, um, where it was people from Cameroon, people from Sudan, and all of us were talking about our own food. Because um, when you're in Italy, you have pasta and you have uh, pizza. And that wasn't like really good. So we we formed an African Food Revolution where we mm-hmm. wanted to really start uh, embracing our own food cultures and our local food traditions. And then uh, from there, I came back to Zim. Uh, 2019, we had our first uh, food expo, uh, which was probably one of the biggest food expos in, in, in Zimbabwe, where we had over 500 people attending a traditional food uh, expo, which is called Amakoku. Food Expo, which is in Matopos. And then when I went there, I learned so much. Because remember, there were some meals that I consumed when I was still an infant. But they took me back in time. And mm-hmm. then from then, after tasting all those meals, I wrote a book. I wrote a, I've got a book on traditional food, which is a 410-page book on 
our indigenous food and it's got literally everything you can think of um it's got 43 species uh fruits you can think of uh some lost maguru dishes. matumbu wow yes. matemba because they madora wow yeah. i think Sorry, people always think yeah, zimbabwean food is not as diverse i mean i think when i compare with nigerian or west african food or south african food i always feel as if zimbabwean food is not as diverse but you said 400 pages <laughs> indigenous <Yes>. that's amazing <laughs> and uh, so go ahead my question yeah and just to add um the more i researched uh, i felt that i didn't write much because every day i'm learning uh, about new foods and i feel like i didn't put much into the book so um the new uh, things i'm learning because where I'm staying, I stay in a village. So they always teach me new stuff. And uh, our food, basically, uh, there's a presentation which I did in Cape Town, uh, which was showing, um, basically, I'm, I'm from the, the, the Nguni tribe. So from Zirigazi coming from Durban, uh, his route from Durban uh, through... Pretoria, all the way to Botswana, all the way to Pinga, and back to Lowe. So along the way, we were picking up dishes. So at the end, all of those dishes, we still had them. So it's it's like evolution of food from all the Southern African tribes. So that's mm. what we now have. Uh, fish, tried fish, the birds, the 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 medicine, I, I also talk about the medicine because uh, medicine, mm-hmm. we're talking about the indigenous foods that we have, which work as medicine and which also work as food security. So there's a lot. I've been watching also the Nigeria's cooking. I I think we can beat them because ah. I think in, yeah, in, in two months, I'm working with some chefs in Cape Town. And we're we're going to be having something on 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 our own indigenous food, and I think the Nigerians are small boys. Wow, <laughs> there's a challenge there. <laughs> <laughs> Please, you know what? We don't want to lose any more of our women to the Nigerians. Please, Marquis, let's not start a war. <laughs> I, I have a couple of questions. Um, first of all, going back to your time in Italy, did you yeah. manage to get the Italians to eat sadza? Maguru, Sazarezio, all of that. Mm. Um, you know, when 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 you get into a country, like when I got to Italy, mm. I, I carried um, the Madora, the Mopane, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And then I carried Kapin. And when I got there, I, it was like, um, I wanted to be, I, I always call myself, I was an ambassador for foreign food. So I started tasting their food, and then I left uh, those dried vegetables in in, in my cupboard. Mm. So there's a day when I invited the Italians to my place. So we 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 just had uh, food, the Italian food, because I had learned how to cook the Italian way. And then mm. one of the guys went to my cupboard, and then 
it just accidentally bumped to, into the Mopan one. So all of them ran into my kitchen and they were like, this guy has got those worms we usually see on, on, on TV, the ones, the, the Mopano worms. And then I was like, yeah, we, I do have them. And he's like, you eat them. Then I say, yeah, they're delicious. So that changed me in one way. So I, I started uh, eating them and ordering them. And they would come and, 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 and taste them. And mm-hmm. they'll tell me how how good they were. But for for Sokam, um, Sokam was difficult to get. Millet was also get, difficult to get. Uh, we used to get them from the Sudanese. But mm. the Sudanese, uh, their food is, is mainly fermented food. So it's got a strong aroma. And uh, you know how we are. As, I'll, I'll call ourselves the backwards Zimbabweans. Um, in terms of Africa, we we'll ridicule um, other African countries and call them backward mm. because they were so cultural. So, to me, at first, uh, I would think the Sudanese were like, I know these guys are crazy. How could they have things like which, like, have got a strong aroma? Even um, the Cameroonians, they've got uh, one which is called uh, Pombolo. I think it's Pombolo. Pombolo, mm. it, it, it got a really strong stench. So all those things, they, the Sudanese would call the Italians and they were really proud of their culture. And mm. they would say, this is what we eat. If you're not eating this, you're not my friend. And they were bold. But uh, for, for me, it was a transition, uh, linking with Africans who are that bold and who really have a strong food culture. Because I, I, I assume, as Zimbabweans, when we move into another country, we, we tend to absorb um, mm. foreign, foreign culture. We start having conflicts. We start having hamburgers for lunch. Uh, we have lasagna yeah. in the evening. Uh, we have caviar. We, yes. we okay, okay Makati, you're okay. doing well, yeah. clearly. You're doing well. <laughs> you're doing well, <laughs> Yeah. Um, you, you know what particularly interests me? So in, in the, in the time that you've been describing, um, especially those periods where you started eating other foods that were not the foods that you grew up with, you, yeah. you mentioned them as not very good or bad. Mm. I want to explore that yeah. a little bit. Do you, do you see benefits apart from the obvious health benefits, but are there, are there benefits to sticking to a traditional diet? that you could help us understand or what you've come across, either in your studies or in your personal experience? Yeah. Um, you realize that uh, a long time ago, there's been a transition uh, within our society. Um, at first, we were a society which uh, was based on natural resources. So the more cattle you had, the more land you had, um, the more wealthy you were. And then we we changed into a society where we've got paper um, or the money in the bank, where now someone with a lot of money in the bank becomes uh, a rich person. So that uh, changed, um, like my my. Also, it changed my views on 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 the food system, because uh, if you look at uh, foods like. Uh, if we're talking about natural food systems, there's um, milk, right? 
which came from 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 the cow. So you remember a long time ago, probably even dairy ports used to give out milk for free. And if you go to mm. the rural areas, you milk cows and you drink milk or everything be the cottage cheese. I would say the cottage cheese. We call it cottage cheese now, right? So it was more if you if you research more on the fermented food, uh, the foods that had gone sour, I'll call them the sour food, like uh, the fermented milk, there's a stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think fermented milk, it's called careful milk. So all of those have got benefits. I think there's a section on fractional foods, uh, which is related to what we call the gout, uh, the gout being the gut alimentary lympho tissue, right? So that yes. one affects it affects your 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 health, uh, and it, uh, the more you eat uh, these functional foods, the more healthy you become. So you mm-hmm. realize that the kids who grew up uh, earlier, they used to eat a lot of dairy products, and then that used to boost our immune system. So you realize that as as old as we are, we do not get relatively sick. We do not have mm-hmm. influence because we built that immunity from the food that we used to have. Um, the fermented porridge that our grandmothers used to make, um, our slaughtering meat, which would go bad and wouldn't throw away that meat, it, it, that was a test on our, on our gut. Immune system. And, mm. Yeah. So it, it, it made us stronger. And uh, we also had a lot of uh, indigenous food. So you realize that indigenous foods, they grow in areas that um, sometimes do not have a lot of water. You realize that some grow on top of mountains. So there's a lot of um, uh, micronutrients that are there. Uh, a lot of antioxidants that are found in this uh, food. So you find that even with our indigenous foods, um, they have got a lot of uh, these antioxidants. And then yeah. one interesting thing that we found is that uh, people, especially from my village, they walk like 10 kilometers, 20 kilometers to the nearest school. And you find that the footpath that they followed, they used to follow where there was an abundance of trees, the trees, the fruit trees. So that created mm. food security along the way. And they used to conserve those trees because uh, they knew if they killed those trees, um, it will affect them in the next season. So there's there's a lot of literature that's there that was starting at the moment concerning our own traditional food. And, and I think one of the most uh, interesting things that um, all the time we usually see, I think Europeans do that, they move from the city and they go on a holiday. I think they their link is with nature. They get calm when they are with nature. But we grew mm. up in nature and we never realized that. We want to go into the city and get stressed. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's really a challenge where people move from a place which is not stressful to a place which is stressful. 
So it's it's creating all these problems and, and the food we're eating, it's dead food. I, I call it dead food uh, because um, it's over-processed food. It, it's literally dead. It, it's got nothing, no nutrients. You know, we rip some nutrients from, from some of the plants and we add them to other food uh, components. So that's 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 a big challenge we have. We are removing ourselves from nature and putting ourselves into these spaces, which create a lot of pressure for us, uh, which are just uh, created uh, by media. Um, mm-hmm. That's how I live during those times. Yeah. Listen, guys, you heard it here first. If you want to improve your health, eat rotten meat. <laughs> That's that's what we are saying. It's important. <laughs> and, and lots of sour milk. But yeah, you do bring up a good point about, you know, galt and microbiome. And actually that the research is showing that also affects your mental health. Um, I I particularly yeah. have um some some patients with OCD and when they're not taking their microbiomes or taking kefir or kombucha, you know, um yeah. their their symptoms are higher. So, you know, making sure you have fermented food has come up to be such a significant thing, not only for your immune system, but also your mental health. So eat all that rotten food. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think we should call it rotten food. Uh, No, no, we're we're, we're joking. We're just teasing. So, so, what is your recommendation for those who don't live in their traditional countries mm-hmm. or countries of origin, and as such, they don't have access to the normal food that they eat, and maybe very difficult to get in some of those, um, you know, mm-hmm. some of those traditional foods. It's far easier to just pass by McDonald's and grab a burger and chips. What would yeah. you recommend for them to do? Um, I think the best option is. Uh People should uh, just connect with nature. That's that's the first thing. And then also, if it's McDonald's, try and eat things that are alive, um, living stuff. Uh, try and, and and be as close as you can to nature. Um, that means uh, I, I think your salads also work. Uh, your fermented foods also work. And not just stick to the regular chips, the um, the pasta. Uh, I call them the dead food. So it's a bit of a challenge. Um, but uh, all I know is that in 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 all countries, once you start knowing people uh, from from the local villages, whether it's in America, um, I, I I don't think they call them local villages. They call them local farms, right? or local communities, you find that they also have their own indigenous uh, foods that they have. Especially when you get to be friends with people like the Mexicans. Um, yeah. They, they tend to show you the natural part and you you really connect with nature and, and, and you feel not stressed, I think. Yeah. Um, the, the connection with nature, the connection with the real food, um, the connection with you, we should also understand that cooking is also another therapeutic exercise. Um, yes. the, the home cooked uh, 
food, preparing everything, uh, especially for a big family. Remember, <laughs> you're killing me here, Marcos. You're killing me, Marcos. I gotta. After this, I actually have to go and cook. Yeah. Yeah. Unless any of our subscribers would like to send in some donations, so I can buy, you know, I would like to buy some kombucha. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> we'll have some yeah. healthy food delivered. What I also wanted to suggest, um, I was just thinking back to my time living in the U.S. and um, when I connected with other immigrant communities, I realized Chinese people also eat boiled peanuts um, and Mexicans. So there were, mm. I was able to find guavas and stuff like that in you know the Mexican grocery store, the Latino grocery store or the Chinese stores. So connecting with other immigrants and finding out what they eat, you might find a, a lot of the stuff that you um, remember from, from back home, you're able to find. I think the only thing mm. I wasn't really able to find was Nemo or, you know, that, yeah, mm-hmm. that was one of the harder things. Um, the, but the yeah. Can we, yeah. <laughs> and I think also Dr. Nurei, uh, and I think you also kind of hinted it as well, Makosi, that yeah. um, oftentimes, I mean, we have different foods in the different uh, um, communities, yes. but yes. it's still okay. I mean, you, you get to enjoy the Sudanese food and the Ethiopian yes. and the Nigerian and sure. Maybe it's, it's not exactly what you had b- back home, but it's, it's probably exactly. far better than just buying the McDonald's or the Burger King or the, yeah. the yeah. you know. This is this is yeah. no slight to McDonald's, by the way. McDonald's recently has been sponsoring podcasts. So if you <laughs> still want to come and sponsor, you're welcome. Yeah. But <laughs> go ahead. But I Dr. also yeah. think, you know, I think if you're thinking of somebody who's not at home, right? So mm. they're living wherever, Poland, Italy, it gives you a sense of connectedness. I know I, I always say, you know, living um, in Europe and in the U.S., made me more Zimbabwean. I started to really appreciate um, the food from back home. So it also gives you an entry into understanding yeah. your culture and giving you a sense of identity and groundedness. And you can do yeah. that through food. You know, food yeah. is a really good connector. So it, it, so, it, it... Yeah, so so maybe you can't get lacto, but you can get kefir. Uh, kefir. kefir. I want to I say oh. this correctly because it's a very dangerous yeah. word. Kefir. Kefir. You know the. Please note. I think in the US they also call it the butter, they also call it buttermilk or cottage cheese is the thicker part, but buttermilk as well. Yeah. So all those. No, that's not. No, I don't want. That's too gentrified, Doctor. No, I, know. <laughs> I don't want buttermilk. I want lacto. Um, <laughs> by the way, this is not the first time on this podcast that we've discussed the 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 benefits of fermented foods. Eh, yes. I think. Yeah. It's been it's been raised a couple of times with different people we've spoken to that you know, um, uh, the better your gut health, the better your mental health. In yeah. fact, and I don't think it's a, a coincidence that many traditional cuisines often include a lot of fermented foods. Yes. Whether it's uh, um, for just for preservation's sake, um, or just the, the the foods that they have. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that this has come up again. Yeah, very true. It's got to do with uh, that we didn't have refrigerator. Mm. So, yeah, we just used to have a lot of fermented food. Uh, so, so someone needs to do some research, see if the same is, uh, is applicable to biltong. Because if you tell me that biltong is good for your mental health, hey, hurry. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but um, uh, there's, there's one um, a traditional uh, dish. Um, from meat, right? You you take the meat, 
and then uh, you leave it, and then it gets bad. Like we, we say it's bad, and then from there you try it, and it becomes built up. So it has this acquired taste, but it's it's almost hey. like fermented milk. So you know what? I'm I'm willing to try everything. Let's go. Let's say if you yeah. if you can tell me where I can get it, I'll try it. <laughs> so <laughs> when when I was talking, the nice part I was talking to some French people, and mm-hmm. I was telling them about this meat that you just leave it and it goes bad, and sometimes it has these um um what are they called the the fly ah. Uh, what, maggots what, and what, stuff. Maggots. Yeah, the maggots. Sorry, I, I mm. lost that word. Yeah. So the maggots, they have the maggots, right? And then they acquire this taste, which is quite different from, it's almost like fermented milk. It's like your salami. People who, who like mm. eating their salami, they know it's, uh, it's got an acquired taste. So also the meat has got an acquired taste. So they'll do that for the head, um, soro, and so mm. And they'll do that for the um, the feet, mm. the coffee. So mm. it, it, you, you, you let them ferment and then they go badish, but they've got this acquired taste. So when I was talking mm. to one of my French friends, he was like, no, we also have a cheese, but we hide it. He is. I was about to say that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he says it really smells, but we love it because it's our couch. So I was like, uh, in our culture, right now, if, if I was to eat that meat, pro- probably people would think I'm, I'm crazy because it, it, it's rotten, it's bad, I'm going to go sick. And uh, a lot of bad things would be said about me, but those are our cultural uh, differences that we have. And I, I was just shocked that the French also have something like mm. that and i know also in italy we had something with the olive oil where they'll leave it for over a year and to attain this um strong smell like it's a rancid smell and some people used to love it and i i thought it was an acquired taste so all these cultures are quite different if you go down into the villages they've got their way of, of doing it i remember also in spain they would um, uh, eat the 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 the, the kid from the coat. Uh, they'll call it short, and they loved it, right? Like goat meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they 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 loved it. So in the villages you see that, but in the city, all you see are the lights, and mm-hmm. uh, you just need to pay for everything. And when you go to the to the communities down there. Um, most of mm. the things are free. When you yeah. still visit people, they take you in, and they ask you where you're from. It's more relaxed. They ask you, can you stay for five days, six days? Please and I mean, that's go. the best way to experience yeah. a culture, right? Yeah. 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 For, for those of you who are wondering what uh, this maggot cheese we're talking about, it's called kasumarzu or something like that. Wow. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Wow! Yeah, so it's it's so it's it's yeah. basically maggot poop. That's what you'll be eating, mixed in with maggots. <laughs> <laughs> no one's gonna want to try that now. 
I'm, I'm ready to it. try anything, Dr. Jira. I'm ready to try anything. You made it sound so yeah. exotic. And then when you say maggot <laughs> poop, now who's going to want to Let, let me describe to you how they make it. You see, cheese skipper yeah. flies lay their eggs in cracks that form in cheese. Then the maggots hatch, make their way through the paste, digesting proteins in the process and transforming the product into a soft, creamy cheese. Then the cheese manga cracks open the top which is almost untouched by maggots and scoops out a spoonful of the creamy delicacy mixed in with the maggots and they eat it like that. Wow. 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 Exciting. Wow. I'm ready. I want. <laughs> Listen, Makosi, thank you very much for joining us. If people wanted to reach yeah. out to you and find out more about the work that you do, uh, I know you're you. quite involved with a lot of projects like the Amagugu Festival, as you mentioned, uh, and yeah. other things. Where can they find you? Um. They can um, email me at Makosi Matlangu at yahoo.com. So that's that's the email address. And then they can also look at our website, what we're doing, which is the the www.africanfoodrevolution.com. So that's africanfoodrevolution.com. Um, for the expo that's coming, it also has its website. Uh, we're looking at expanding into Africa, so that one is uh, the AfricanFoodExpo.com. So it's it's everything to do with food. And then my book uh, can be found on Amazon, uh, which is entitled "Our Food, Our Heritage, Our Future." So also that's there on Amazon or you can contact me direct. So even I'm available now on WhatsApp, uh, I um, can contact me via WhatsApp. I think that's the fastest uh, method because in in Zoom communication sometimes is a stress. Uh, so if you if you share with us Nama, then we can put it in the show notes as well for people to contact. Yeah. I, I think I'll Great. just type in in the chat. Um, and then you're, yeah. you're, also, you're also on Twitter and Facebook, right? Yes. I'm on all social media. And most, most, not all. I just say <laughs> most. Because if I say all, I'll be lying. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're not on TikTok, are you? <laughs> All right, that was our conversation there with the Makosi Mashangu, our food expert who came in to talk to us about traditional African foods. This has been Mental Wellness Mondays as usual. Please continue to support us, Two Broke Twimbos, uh, at Two Broke Twimbos on all social media networks, Danny That Guy, at Phil Chard as well. Uh, and you can also find Dr. Nyorai on the social medias, uh, Sage Restorative. And uh, um, we want to be, say a big thank you to Wired to Love and Thrive. You can search for them on the socials as well. All right. That's another episode in the can. We will catch you next week on Mental Wellness Mondays.